0: Book number seven, Navigating the World of Bodybuilding, Tone's Journey. Hello everyone, welcome to On The Go, part of the Tabito Stories series. I am excited to introduce our seventh guest, Tone. Tone is a bodybuilder fitness coach, and mentor at Rebel Fit Gym. I have known Tone for about a year now and wanted to have him on the podcast since I met him. Today, he will share with us his incredible journey in the bodybuilding industry. He will share the lessons he has learned along the way and you will hear his passion for this sport, prepare yourself for an extraordinary and uplifting conversation that would ignite a profound sense of inspiration within you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tabito Stories. On Today, we're going to be recording another podcast, and this is On The Go. And today, we're going to have Ton. I met him. uh, Coach Joe introduced me to him, and he was showing some workouts to the wrestling team. And so today, he's going to be our guest in the show. Welcome, Ton.
1: Thank you for having me, Gustavo. I appreciate
0: it. It's nice to have you in the show. Can you tell us a little bit about at what age were you introduced to bodybuilding
1: bodybuilding is a strong term for me i would say that i was introduced to lifting weights when i was about 13 Mm -hmm. and i always liked it i liked the pump and looking in the mirror and seeing the muscles get full and about that time you know like conan and rocky you know were coming out those are movies like my childhood and you You see people like that, and you're like, man, I want to be yoked like that. So it was just something that always appealed to me, and I've just always been athletic and and like to do stuff like that. So that's where it started. And then uh, the bodybuilding didn't come until way later. You know, like I lifted weights my whole life, and I was always pretty good at it. But the bodybuilding, I would say I've only been bodybuilding for about five-ish years.
0: And when you were first introduced to, well, when you first started, like, Going to to lifting weights, what about it? Did it did did you like about it? You no, know, what what were some of the things that you liked about it as you were, as you dove into this?
1: Well, I was pretty good at it in the beginning. You know, right away, my I could lift more than most of the people around me, and so I was stronger. So that appealed to me, and. uh I grew pretty good too, because I wasn't you know, normally a, a big kid. I wasn't necessarily a small kid, but I was chubby, and when I would lift the weights, uh, it'd make me look better. So that was what drove me to, to liking it more, the weights going up, the progression, just seeing the improvements, and, and that's what kept me addicted to keep coming back.
0: Well, you mentioned age 13, so I'm guessing you were like around middle school, high school around that time. Um, do you have any stories of your journey in deadlifting while you were in high school?
1: I I would say there was one coach in in tenth grade. He would run a circuit training, so he'd have like a station set up for each body part, and we'd spend the whole PE hour. You know, he'd take us around. He'd spend you know three minutes or whatever it was. He had timed on each each body part, and, and that's like when I first really started seeing things. Grow and, and reps ranges pro- progress, and that's kind of what got me hooked. And like, I like this, this is something that I want to do probably for a long time.
0: Yeah, you, you started doing bodybuilding around five years ago. What was the motivation behind jumping into that area?
1: Well, like I said, I, I always lifted weights, so I would say from the time I was 13 until you know now, there might have been a whole entire of about maybe a year and a half where i didn't lift weights like five at least five days a week Mm -hmm. so i was always into it and i'd pick up the magazines and i would see like ronnie coleman and jay cutler and all those great bodybuilders and and i i'd want to look like that though at the time it just seemed like it was impossible i like i said i've stuck with it my whole life so i was big and strong but i didn't look like the guys in the magazine and then i met a guy when I was probably about I don't know, almost forty. Uh-huh. And he, he was training out of this place in Modesto called the Fit Factory. And they were training competitors and I worked out with him as a workout partner until he hurt his back. And then I hired him to train me for a little bit. And then he actually ended up prepping me for my first two shows.
0: Wow, that's that that's um it's impressive to see how he came from working out with you to then putting you through the whole workouts and what were some of the things you were doing to prepare for the for for the stage to kind of like build your body
1: well when I met that guy he was a lot younger than me I think he was 26 and I was like 38 so it was Uh kind of humbling that this younger kid you know had more knowledge about working out with me but I had never had a coach and I like I said he'd been around they were training competitors the only place around that area that i knew of getting people ready for shows but i knew that he had knowledge and i i wanted some of that you know and i always wanted to know more and gain more so he would just show me different ways of training you know drop sets and static holds and, and things that i wasn't doing already so he, he opened up my eyes to like a little bit more of the training and uh like i said he prepped me for those first two shows so he he died me down. I think I was 40 before I ever saw my abs. That was the first time I ever got in, like, really good shape. And then uh, I moved up here again in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then I got my coach, Dusty Hanshaw, in 21, April of 21. And then that's what really elevated things in the last two years. The, the progression I've made is pretty, pretty crazy, even to me.
0: So, you moved to Reading in 2017, right? And you got your new coach in 2021. So, that's 18, 19, 20. That's about three, four years. Does that mean that during that time you were training yourself? You were. Yeah. Know.
1: In that time, I was training myself. I was actually, when I first moved up here, I was pretty much at my all time low physically. I think I only weighed 205. I had just finished working a job where it was. Uh, construction we were working six 12 hour days so i didn't really have time to bodybuild. it was like go to work you know get off work eat very tired go to sleep and so uh i lost a lot coming out of that show in 17 i kept it pretty good uh physique i think i was about 230 and pretty lean like 10 percent or under but then when i got that job to to buy my house over here it really just ate me up and i was about yeah, 205 or 210. So when I got done working that job and I had a stable place to live up here, then I started coaching myself. I think it was March of 19. I, I made a commitment to myself that I'm going to go all in and I'm going to see how far I could go.
0: And what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned during that that gap? Because sometimes like it can be frustrating to be in that area because you're really not looking at any progress. Because I think sometimes in life we get stuck in different things That we're doing something and then for some reason we can no longer do it. And so sometimes in those areas we find readjustments. What were some of the things you learned?
1: Well, we live in a time where YouTube has so much information. So I would study the people that, that I thought were great, you know, and they were putting out good information and I would just apply it, you know, trial and error. So from... 19 to 21 or excuse me 18 to 21 when I was coaching myself I actually did a show and I've way over dieted I think I got down that's the smallest I've ever been on stage I think I weighed in at 206 but I learned you know how to not you don't do everything all at once you don't just you know push the cardio to two hours and lower your food to almost nothing it's like a card game you know you Take a little bit of food, see what happens. It's... So I learned that, you know, make small changes, you know, have a, have a big effect. And then in the training, I would overtrain my whole entire life until I got with my coach now. Like I would train, I would never take a day off. I would train seven days a week for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And I mean, unless something tragic happened, I wouldn't go to the gym. What
0: does overtraining look like? Like, can you explain to us what that kind of looks like?
1: Well, when you're in it, you don't know it, but recovery is a huge part. Sleep and recovery, like mm-hmm. those are things that matter the most when you're trying to really put on a lot of dense muscle tissue. So overtraining would be never taking a day off like I would. I just love to train. So I would train seven days a week and that's not conducive to growth. You know, you're not giving your body any chance to no time to repair itself. So mm-hmm. you just keep breaking down the muscles, keep breaking down the muscles. You're not letting the food and sleep do its job, you know, and, and that's the recovery part. So that's something that I learned working with my coach Dusty Hanshaw. He he actually showed me how to train even nastier than I ever have with the the D he's pretty much the predecessor of Dante Trudell, which is a guy that made dog crap training and the owner of True Nutrition. I mean, he kind of is a huge revolutionist, you know, in, in the sport. He got tired of going in there and doing volume training and it not working. So he figured out all these techniques and he calls it dog crap training. And my coach trained under him and is on YouTube, you know, passing the torch to him telling people, if you want to learn how to DC train, Dusty Hanshaw's your guy. So when I realized that and that, you know, my coach was also prepped in contest for, with Chris Aceto over, you know, like a five to seven year period, I think, ish. You know, he that's the guy that made Jay Cutler. and He's had many Mr. Olympias and champions he's made. So those two, the training and that nutrition together, that's how I made my decision on who I wanted to coach me.
0: It's always good when you find, I would say, coaches or people that have been out there because then your level of expertise grows even more. And it's always good to be around it. Can you explain to us a little bit about the first times you started doing DC the craft training?
1: Well, when I when I came to Dusty, he has a questionnaire as you fill out. He asks you what you're eating, what kind of training you're doing, your split, you know, what days and all that. So I filled that out and of course I told him I want to want to be a pro bodybuilder. So, he, you know, he took that into consideration. And he emailed me back a couple of days later with a a three-week training split, and it was, I wouldn't say it's D.C. training because D.C. is, um it has all the principles, though. Uh-huh. It's just nasty stuff. And he, he told me, you're going to train for two days and you're going to take a day off. And I rotated that split for 11 months, I think, mm-hmm. until I did a show with him in 22.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, it was December of 21 we did a show. So I was with him from April, and then we prepped we did that show uh it just it just taught me i remember thinking after the first week after like the second workout like holy shit like this is hard you know can i really do it i started questioning myself Mm -hmm. because it was it was tough especially the legs
0: well so what what do you think made it hard was it that two day one day off like how how repeatedly was that being done
1: it was definitely challenging for me to take that day off. That was one of the things that I disliked the most uh-huh. about the program. Just the way he he programs and he he uh, sequences the workout. So he, you know, he he'll set you up. He'll have you, you know, start with something easy, but it'll be nasty. It'll be a rest pause set where you work up to a top weight, and then uh, you go as many times as you can. But you have a rep range to start, so you wouldn't be able to get half of the rep range on the first go-around. And then you wait 30 seconds, and then you go again for as many reps as you can get. And then you wait 30 seconds and go again. And those three attempts will have a total rep range, and so you're shooting for that. Things like that that I hadn't done before that were just really intense and take a lot out of you. I remember literally crawling out of the gym on leg day, like, you know, if something dropped, Out of my hands, I'd bend over to pick it up, and my hamstring would cramp so bad that I would fall on the ground. Just -hmm. just stuff like that, you know, where I was was reminded that I thought I trained hard, but this was on a whole new level.
0: Sounds to me like it was just one of those intensive workouts that you don't feel until you are in the process of it. Very interesting. You mentioned Rocky, movies like that. Did the intensive workout or the way how you used to train
1: came out of those movies that you saw? No, my my training before I was with Dusty was, I would say it was pretty pretty evolved. Like I was watching people like Jordan Peterson trained by J P. John Meadows, uh, Fuad Abiyad. Like I would watch their stuff and and take uh, some of their programming in. But uh, I was it was just. I was over training like I would do things like come in in the morning and do back and then come back at night and do traps and biceps and then the next day I would do chest in the morning and at night I'd come back do shoulders and triceps Uh, and then the next day I would do legs and then come back at night do hamstrings and I just keep doing that with no days off so I'm hitting all the body parts you know two or three times a week but it's just there was no rest. There was no time for my body to recover and grow.
0: I can see how that can actually work in your body. If, if there was someone out there, like let's say, someone, a younger person, who wants to get into bodybuilding, what advice w- would you give to that person if they want to start going down this path? Um,
1: my advice would be make sure you love it. In all aspects of it, because the training for me has always been easy. I love to do that. The food for me is not a big deal. I love to eat. But there's just certain, certain things like, that can make you tired. I would say if you, you love it and it's something that you want to do and you get into it and you, you feel like you're getting tired, take a break. But never quit. I've quit on myself two or three times you know i've got to a certain spot and i'm like i don't think i want to do this anymore only to find out a couple months later you know you look in the mirror and you're you're nothing like what you look like at your best and that that would hurt and i would that would remind me like this is not who you are you know you're you're a Mm bodybuilder so get back in there and bodybuild so just don't quit you know there's going to be bumps and trials and tribulations and Bodybuilding's not cheap. You know, it's an expensive sport. It's an expensive lifestyle. And uh, you just got to have faith that it's going to work out for you, really. That that would be my advice. Have faith that it's going to work for you, even when it seems like it's impossible. Like, don't trust your reality. Don't look at your reality and be like, oh, I can't do it. Just know that you're going to do it no matter what. And keep putting in the work every day. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. and Giving it your best, as long as you're giving it your true best, good things will always happen.
0: And I like that mindset that you have. I like what you just share about you. You sometimes you stop doing what you are doing, and then once you come back to the mirror, and then you look at yourself, think about when you were the best.